Hi, I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. Russ Richelsoff is here. Sarah Clifford is here. Marshall Hunt is here. All of my friends from Davis Miles, McGuire Gardner. Okay. I had you on because I want to talk about my noisy, nasty, obnoxious neighbors. They are, they're the ones you do not want. You've had them before, I'm certain. Mine loves a good karaoke party late at night. Uh, she's got a garage band. And I mean, it's loud, it's obnoxious. And I really don't know what to do about this. And so I'm looking for your help. Have you guys ever experienced similar problems with regard to noise and neighbors? Bob, just you're sad because they didn't invite you over. <laughs> yeah. Now, seriously, though, if if you're going to have a party and you don't want your neighbors to complain about the noise, invite them to the party. Right. The best thing to do. So this is something I learned in high school. Invite <laughs> the neighbors to the party if you're going to have a party. Um, I left out. I got a great karaoke voice. I should come over. I know, and a charming personality. <laughs> and you're not, you're not gonna, on. you're not gonna drink all the beer, so it's good. Yeah. Perfect party guest. So, what do you guys think? Is that even legal? You know, can we have obnoxious noises coming from our houses? Um, I think it depends on who considers it obnoxious most of the laws that i've seen uh have a like a reasonable person standard so it looks at it would a reasonable person be annoyed by this noise um so you know would a reasonable person be annoyed by you know these sounds what time of day is it at i think falls you know comes into play it's interesting though because it's very much determined by your locality and your city you know, most noise ordinances are regulated on the municipal level. And so, you know, what's illegal in one city could very well be different in another. Tempe, Arizona, for instance, which I looked at in preparation for this podcast, is very micromanaging. They have specific statutory decibel levels for daytime and nighttime and different uh, zones in the city. So they divide the city into residential, commercial, industrial zones. And then for residential, you can only make 45 decibels of uh, noise at night and 55 decibels of noise during the day, slightly higher in commercial and industrial zones. Um, You know, there's a whole bevy of exemptions. Air conditioners have their own rules in Tempe. Lawnmowers are exempt. School activities are exempt. Traffic signals, emergency signals are exempt. Uh, Cars have their own rules. Airplanes have their own rules. And Cars can make more noise than humans, which doesn't make sense to me. The whole thing's a, a kind of a quagmire. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of it can go a lot of different ways. Hmm. So, Bob, are you, are you the type of neighbor to go get out your decibel measure 
<laughs> Go hold it up. Yeah. Yes, I am. I have one. No, I don't. I have never done it. But I have thought about it. And I thought, man, this can't be legal. I, I could see you like, if you were my neighbor, like, with like peeking over the fence, I see that red hair and the bow tie and you're, you're holding the little, the little, you know, sound microphone for the decibel meter and, and you're checking it and you're getting your phone out and you're calling 911. I, I could see that. So there was actually a, um, a law that was proposed that's being held up in the Arizona Senate this year. Uh, Kelly Townsend, representative from Mesa, proposed that statewide people would not be able to be cited for violating noise ordinances unless the police officer actually had a meter and took a sound reading and, and measured it. Um, which I thought was sort of interesting. I'm hoping that passes. I'm no friend to noise ordinances myself. But, uh, mm. You may yeah. have to do that in the future. You know, I live in a neighborhood. The houses are more close together. And most neighborhoods tend to be moving that direction as we try to confront urban sprawl. So you you are going to incur a lot more noise than usual, you know, when you were back in the day when we were all more separate. But yeah, I mean, I I will say that when you got that barking dog, uh, you got that garage band, if it keeps going on and on, it it does get obnoxious. In my town, in all seriousness, in my town, they're not as bad as Tempe. Gilbert has some noise ordinances. They're worried about barking dogs and and the guy who revs his engine too loud and runs runs around with a loud muffler or something like that. And they do they separate it out: residential, commercial, and things like that. They also have an ambient noise, like you can't have too much ambient noise. And I, I'm assuming they're trying to address uh, the noises. Air conditioners. Air conditioners. So. And that's a sort of a rough issue, the air conditioner issue, because in Arizona, your air conditioner is going to be running 24-7 during those summer months. And it's at full blast. So I don't know anyone that doesn't have an air conditioner that's loud. Uh, you go outside this time of year, it's almost a symphony of air conditioners you can hear from your neighbors. Yeah, air conditioners and pool pumps. <laughs> so I looked at... The Chandler's, I live in Chandler, so I looked at the Chandler city code and it, it's much less specific than, um, than Tempe is. Um, it doesn't talk about decibels and it, it doesn't divide things up into zones, but it does talk about um, some specific activities. Interestingly, I've never, I'm a criminal defense attorney, I've never seen a uh, site a noise complaint filed under city code i always see it filed under arizona under the arizona revised statutes and there's a disorderly conduct uh, statute it's a class one misdemeanor and it's basically you know if you intentionally create noise or um knowing that you are creating a disturbance, disturb the peace and quiet of a neighborhood family or person. Um, and I usually see things charged under the state ARS and not under the city code, but 
Chandler had a lot more, you know, Chandler talked about vehicle exhaust, squealing your tires, um, music, and the state statute doesn't have any of that. It just says, uh, you know, it says if you intentionally do this and a reasonable person, you know, family or neighborhood would find it disturbing, um, then it's then it's disturbing the peace. What's interesting is there's a there was a fairly recent law with regards to disorderly conduct or court ruling with regards to disorderly conduct that said there has to be an actual person who was disturbed. So the the police can't just come into court and say it was loud. Um, they actually have to bring in a neighbor to say you know or, or a specific person who said. I was just minding my own business and boy, that Bob's karaoke voice really disturbed me. And, you know, I'm a reasonable person. So, um, so that, Bob goes out in, I was going to say Bob goes out in North Phoenix where there's out in the middle of the desert, no one's around, even though he's in city limits, he's not going to be uh, having disorderly conduct. Huh? Yeah. And, and I think the reasonable person standard affects like time of day you know, what you're doing at two o'clock, you know, practicing your drums at two o'clock in the afternoon um, may be considered reasonable. Practicing your drums at two o'clock in the morning, probably not reasonable. But I mean, neighbor disputes as a criminal defense attorney, I, I don't know if you guys, I think you guys have dealt with some neighbor disputes. Neighbor disputes are the worst. Um, usually if, if you can't, address a neighbor dispute early uh the only way to resolve it is to get somebody to move yeah so and i've i've had clients that i've told you need to move and gotten them to put their houses on the market and move to resolve a neighbor dispute so i mean practically what do we do when you have that obnoxious neighbor the the loud one the the rude one, the one that straight pipe their muscle car and their, or they straight pipe their Harley Davidson, or they have the loud music. What do we do with that neighbor? How do we actually deal with it in a constructive way? So it's not just a total, you know, mess. Well, I think, I, I think you have to, you know, if you're the one hearing the noise, I think you have to decide, is this worth, you know, is this worth getting into an, a, an argument with my neighbor about? And assume I think, again, assume that it is, assume that it's worth getting into an argument. I mean, all right. So let's I, say your, your neighbor is revving his race car engine at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Right. I, okay. That, you know, that's, that's disturbing. Um, I think there's a couple of ways to address it. I think the safest way to address it is to call the police and report it to the police. In my experience, what I've seen is that usually um, the police will come out and say, Hey, you need to turn it down or, Hey, you need to keep it down. Usually they'll give a warning first and then if the, you know, and then if the people don't turn it down or they keep revving their race car motor um, and then the police have to come back, 
that's when the person gets cited with the noise complaint. So with noise complaints, usually what I see is the police give a warning first. And then when I'm seeing them and it's a criminal citation, it's in the police report, it says, we came out and told this person not to rev their race car motor at two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we're out, you know, that was on Tuesday and Wednesday, we're here again, and they're doing it again. So we issued a citation. Sarah, what do you think? What do we do? Well, one, one solution could be if you live in an apartment building or have an HOA, a lot of um, buildings and HOAs have rules about noise and noise levels. Um, so check with, uh, check with your, you know, building uh, in your rental contract um, with your HOA. And then also just know a lot of times people can't read your mind. Um, when I was in school, my husband and I lived above seven single boys and we would wake up sometimes to score music at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, they did not know that they were being super loud. And so when we, we would text them and ask them to turn it down and they were happy to. Um, so I think kindness goes a lot farther, at least initially, than trying to retaliate. I could not agree more. And in all seriousness, I think that the very first thing you do is you talk to the neighbor. You say, hey, can you turn it down? I had a neighbor that used to love a good techno party. And they'd invite this. Okay, it's been, right? Did that just <laughs> date me? But <laughs> they would bring over their friends and, oh, the techno music would come through the wall of our, of our townhouse. And... You know, I mean, those old townhouses back east didn't have much insulation. So I heard it all up until two in the morning. I just say, hey, guys, do you mind? And, you know, inevitably they turn it down and I'd get some sleep. But I do think the first thing you do is a simple conversation in a nice way. But I think if you can't get there, get results there, then you do call the police. But it seems like you know, from what Russ says and, and from what I've seen in my, my practice and talking to people, that when you call the police, nothing really happens. Is there a remedy in your towns that the police have for criminal charges or so, some uh, other charges? Yeah, so in, in Tempe, at least, um, it's just a, a civil penalty fine between $100 and $1,000 for the first instant, but they do have a provision that allows for criminal charges for uh, like habitual offenders. I think they define that as three instances within 24 months. Um, if there are three instances within 24 months, it can be a misdemeanor charge. Um, so if it gets really serious and again, you know, you've done all you can, you've exhausted your patience, you know, you've had to start making complaints to the police. If they really, really won't get in line, even after fines, eventually they can be criminally charged. In Chandler, it's it's a misdemeanor. So there's no, uh, in Chandler, it's just, if they cite you under the city code, it's it's a misdemeanor. It doesn't say what kind of misdemeanor. So when it doesn't say what kind of misdemeanor, the default is a class two misdemeanor. Um, but it's usually a, a class two misdemeanor involves a fine. 
Yeah. They have the same thing in Gilbert that it, it starts out as a undesignated misdemeanor and then it moves up from there. And you could start with a civil fine. Technically, a habitual offender could get jail time for noise. I seriously doubt they're going to get jail time for noise, but it would, it would have to be really bad. But there is some penalty. What about Mesa, Sarah? Yeah, Mesa is strictly civil. Um, if you look at the penalty section in the Mesa City Code, it is um, a civil infraction. Um, but it doesn't say anything about misdemeanors or, or criminal. You know, I think that whatever town you're in, you know, in whatever state, they will likely have noise ordinances. And it doesn't hurt to look those over. You could find those on the internet pretty easily. Every city will publish them on the internet. Um, so once you're educated about that, I think it's important that you say, hey, police officer, I've noticed a barking dog in violation of the barking dog ordinance. And when you've able to show or tell them that you've met the qualifications that the person you're upset about has violated the rule, then I, I think that helps getting a little bit of attention on that issue. What, what about morgue? I mean, could I get an injunction against harassment for this? You could. Um, I've handled cases where um, it has come down to neighbors getting uh, injunctions against harassment uh, against each other. Um, once it gets to that point, it's time to start talking to your client about getting a real estate agent because... Um, I had a I had a case uh, that got some news coverage. So if you Google uh, trapeze uh, in uh, Maricopa County, you'll you might find the case. One of the news stations did a three part series on this. They did like a three part story about uh, about it. But this woman uh, lived next. To, she lived on a county island, and she lived next to this physician who put a trapeze in his backyard. And when I say trapeze, I mean the full Cirque du Soleil trapeze with lights and music and, and the whole shebang. And it, it turned into this dispute. She was disturbed by it. Um, so she, it, it started, she would be in her backyard and she would be uh, yelling and, and banging on pots uh, with a spoon when they were out doing this, um, they ended up getting an injunction against harassment against her. Uh, she did not have me as her legal counsel at this point. And um, she was then found in violation of the injunction against harassment three times. And on the third time uh, you are charged with violating an injunction against harassment, it can be charged in uh, superior court as a felony. So she was charged and convicted of um, felony harassment and she had a probation officer. Well, by this point, the dispute between them had escalated so much that this physician just wanted her gone. 
I mean, they, they just didn't like her. So they were calling the sheriff's department. If she opened her garage door too loudly, they would call the sheriff's department and say, she's harassing us. Or if she pulled into her driveway uh, and was playing music in her car, they would call the sheriff's office and say, you're harassing us. And unfortunately, there was so much of a history between these two parties that she ended up charged with a second aggravated harassment charge. And if she had been convicted, the penalty would have been mandatory prison. They would have sent this woman to prison for annoying her neighbor, essentially. And whether or not she actually annoyed her neighbor was a question that we, we know early in the case that she actually had you know, intentionally annoyed her neighbor. But by the end of this, and when I had gotten involved, um, the evidence seemed to indicate that she was just doing normal things like mowing her yard. And, you know, the neighbor would call and, you know, make a complaint with the sheriff against her. And that's a case. This was a woman in her late 60s. She was retired. Um, And if we had gone to trial and lost the case, um, the judge wouldn't have had a choice, would have had to send her to prison. So that's a situation where we worked out a deal with the prosecutor that involved her selling the house and moving. And we were able to, to keep her from being convicted of another felony by her putting the house on the market and selling it and moving someplace else. And she had no prior criminal history or anything. It would have been silly to, to send this person to prison, but the way the laws are written, there would have been no choice. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, I think there's a lesson there, though, that when you have that neighbor you cannot get along with, mm-hmm. don't take matters into your own hands. Come up with a better solution than fighting back physically, verbally, whatever it is. I mean, we've all seen those people on the internet doing something crazy, harassing their neighbor. We never know the, the background, the full story, but we only see that video. And I think those cases can escalate to something you do not want. But I do think, though, that if you have that neighbor that is really obnoxious, that can't seem to get the message, I do think an injunction against harassment is possible. And if you're on the receiving end, um, you may not, of of that injunction against harassment, you may want to think twice about what you're doing and talk to an attorney and see what you can do to stop what's going on for you. I do know that some cities have um, like mediation available to resolve neighbor disputes so that if there is a neighbor dispute, there's mediation available. I had another case that was uh, a neighbor dispute where um, what we did, uh, it was a misdemeanor case in justice court. And I convinced the prosecutor that the four of us, so me, the prosecutor, my client and the victim in the case all sit down in a room and let's, let's work this out. Let's talk this out. 
And I, I, you know, I, that experience was actually, I think I kind of blew the prosecutor's mind because I don't think they're used to defense attorneys doing things like that. Um, but from my point of view, I saw it as this is, again, it's just going to keep these people live next to each other. This is a problem that is just going to keep happening and escalating unless it gets resolved. So, um, I guess if you do have a dispute with a neighbor um, looking to see if there's some kind of option for neighbor mediation would be good because after we sat down and, and these neighbors kind of talked it out a little bit and shared their, their feelings. So Russ, you're actually client with the, uh, the trapeze uh, case kind of highlighted for me. I know that was, Slightly different, it was an injunction against harassment as opposed to a pure noise ordinance issue. But when I was looking at Tempe's noise ordinance, it really made me feel like, are we even living in a free country here? What what are we living in in America? Because like, like I said, in Tempe, it is unlawful and you can be fine in a residential area, in your home, you know, on, on your street for making... 55 decibels of noise during the day and 45 decibels of noise at night. So I took the time, again, this is very uh, unprofessional research. This is YouTube research. But the <laughs> YouTube video I watched told me that standing in the forest and listening to the birds tweet is 40 decibels. An ordinary modern dishwasher is 50 decibels. And a loud conversation with your friend is 60 decibels. So walking down the street, the birds have more rights than I do. The cars that are driving down the street can be louder than I am. The airplanes flying overhead are allowed to be louder than I personally, a human American citizen, am allowed to be. You know, if I'm having a conversation with my friend as I walk down the street at night, taking a nice walk at night because it's too hot during the day in Arizona, I'm potentially violating the noise ordinances. The lawnmowers that we're using to mow our lawns have no sound limit in Tempe, but I can only have 55 decibels during the day, 45 at night. And so, you know, maybe the only answer to this is don't make your neighbors mad so they're not going to, to come after you. But I hate that we have to even think that way, you know, if you're really serious about noise ordinances, which basically no one is, including myself. But if you actually looked at the laws and were really devoted to not violating them, you know, it's this, it, it would, I don't know. If you really took it seriously, it would really I think it would have a dampening effect on public life in in America if everyone actually thought they were going to follow these noise ordinances. So there's my there's my uh, you know soapbox. I'll, I'll get off it, but but I, Marshall, I, can't, I can't stand noise ordinances. There's an interesting. I mean, as a criminal attorney, there, there's an interesting element of proof here, though, in that if you have to in Tempe, if you have to prove that the sound exceeded a certain decibel level if you don't have a sound meter how do you prove that and then let's not talk about the how do i know your sound meter is accurate have you calibrated your sound meter how often do you calibrate your sound meter how do you calibrate your sound meter you know all of the um arguments that we make with in dui cases to try to discredit the instruments they use to measure alcohol concentration, those same arguments could be made for the sound meter. So it's kind of a, they've created a difficulty for themselves by having these decibel levels 
they've made it difficult for just the ordinary person to say, this person's exceeding the sound limit. So I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because just to make it an even more unintelligible, Tempe then adds a catch-all provision in their noise ordinances that says, uh, regardless of the fixed limits, the decibel limits, it's unlawful to make, quote, unnecessary, excessive, or offensive noise that, quote, discomforts or annoys a reasonable person of normal sensitiveness applying a 14-factor test. And so, you know, 14, one, 14 factors. And so what a reasonable person, you know, what even a lawyer, I couldn't apply that test. And so the whole thing is just such a nightmare that, you know, again, I don't know why we have laws on the books like this that are impossible to enforce. And so I think a better thing would be like what you described in Chandler, that at least is, you know, a, a vague ordinance that just says you can't, you know, uh, cause you know, problems in public or, uh, you know, whatever the, the unreasonable, unreasonable. Yeah. Right. But, you know, Tempe's is so particular and so unenforceable for the reason you're saying that it almost makes me more frustrated that we have unenforceable laws on the book. Well, they're just going to, they're just, they would just charge it under the state, under state law, which is the disorderly conduct. So, so why not, why not get rid of the, uh, the city noise ordinance city. altogether? You guys are missing the whole point. One thing you don't know about Marshall is he's been in multiple bands. So this is <laughs> personal for him because he's the neighbor that I'm complaining about. <laughs> I actually am that neighbor. The, uh, Those drums playing that guitar. Uh-huh. And I think that's right. I think people need to have, be less sensitive, use earplugs if you have to, live and let live. That's my, that's my style. All right, guys, I think we've exhausted the subject. Thanks for coming in on the show, talking about noise ordinances, and hopefully we can come up with a constructive way to deal with our neighbors. To our listeners out there, if you have a problem with a neighbor, don't take the law into your own hands. Don't do anything stupid. Come talk to an attorney. And we'll help you resolve the problem in a meaningful way. So thanks for listening. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs... Don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time. Mm -hmm.